0: I'm Sheree, and I'm Han. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So, Han, our life of living la vida loca has come
1: to an end. Sadly, what? it's been harsh reality being home this week. I mean, it's been good to be home because why? Because there was a major chaos factor, which we haven't even talked about on the pod yet. Because last week there was a hurricane that we both lived through
0: you know no power no internet no predictability no running water but lots of margaritas you know
1: (laughs) lots of margaritas there were like some real moments where we were both like "Uh, i need to be home now this is crazy no
0: i was definitely like this whole paradise sounds real nice on instagram but in real life
1: they don't, those those photos aren't captioned with, like, no cell phone signal. So I'm
0: outside <laughs> taking these selfies with the 2% <laughs> battery I have left. No one's saying yeah.
1: that. Yeah. No, it's really nice to be home, but it's also, like, a very real feeling. I can't believe that just on Monday, when we were both going to catch our flight out of Cancun, we were, like, eating chicken with our fingers. Sterilized fingers.
0: <laughs> In the, the back
1: of a van. COVID
0: police on us on the show. But it was really good chicken, might I add, like asadero. And Mm -hmm. um, as much as we loved Uncle Raul, it was better than Uncle Raul's chicken.
1: It was better. It was better than Uncle Raul. I can't believe we were doing that on Monday, and now here we are. So after we finished eating that chicken, we both got on a flight, and you went to New York, and I went to L.A., and got on the flight, doing some work, opened my email... I get this email from the director of one of the accelerators that my company went through, the yellow accelerator at Snapchat. And it was really shocking to read because one of the founders that was in my cohort had passed away from COVID.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And... We all knew that he was really sick, and I had like made him a card on Google Slides just like a week before. We had all put them together in Google Slides, and it had like really cute gifts in it and stuff. And I made it while we were in Mexico. I remember, and this. everybody thought, okay, well, of course he's gonna pull through. He's young, and and he didn't. And I was just like sitting on this plane alone. <laughs> trying to process this information. And it was just a real moment of, like, actually something that you had said earlier in the week when I was pretty stressed out and being pretty anxious. You said to me, when I'm really anxious, I think about the privilege that I have to be able to work on what I love and what I want to be working on. Yeah. and. That, like, really came to me in that moment, which is, like, it is such a privilege to work on what we want to be working on. It's, like, a privilege just to be alive, to be doing this work. Hmm. Because there wasn't that much difference between us. That's, like, the really shocking thing. This is somebody that I knew for a while. Yeah. He actually had a pretty cool video startup that <laughs> Loki was um, was shopping to Vine for a hot minute. And so I knew him. Through that process, oh wow, and then met up with him again later when we were both in the in the Snap Yellow program, and yeah, Oscar worked in video just like me. We'd done a bunch of similar things. Like you could swap his Twitter bio for anyone that we know or any you know like tech founders, and it's just yeah, like why why him? This is just such a cruel, cruel disease.
0: So many things just came up for me. It's funny, even today I was talking to my girlfriend, Louisa, and she said something to me like, yeah, I know work is always stressful for you. And I was like, yeah, it's stressful, but I also realized this is like, really, these are problems where it was like, oh, I've got X amount of money in the bank. If I started today, what would I build? Like, that's the question I'm asking myself. But, like, most people don't even ever have a chance in their life to ask that question. Mm -hmm. Especially coming back to New York, a place where I've lost friends to COVID. Being in the heart of the city, seeing where this country is, and hearing about your friend. I wish that we could somehow have, like, almost like a reminder button. That just, like, automatically, like, when we're in our moments could just be like, hey, gratitude, because blink
1: of an eye, you know? And it could have been any of us. Like, it could have been me, could have been any of us. Like, it was really shocking and really um, hard to process how similar our paths have been and just how cruel this situation is that we're in right now, that, like, this horrible illness just pulls people away and out of our life. There was a huge outpouring of pictures and gratitude and really cool messages on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, it's so strange to, like, scroll through them and read about someone who's just no longer, no longer around. Especially as your peer. Yeah. I
0: think death amongst peers, there's just, like, a different kind of resonance. Because the fragility of life is just super present, you know?
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it is.
0: You just know that, like, even the subconscious choices you make dictate your outcomes in a way that, like, you don't fully understand. You're young. You're building a company. You've got support. You've done interesting work. You've built things you believed in. And then the next day.
1: Yeah. So that's something I'm still processing. But that was my moment this week. And I know a lot of people have had moments like this during this pandemic. I just really hope we can find a way to put an end to this soon. It's taking too many people from us.
0: Also taking us from ourselves. I found myself this week coming back to New York and trying to strike a balance between like what I can control and what I can't, and even trying to unpack what that really means and how it should like govern my actions, big and small.
1: It's a crazy time to be alive, honestly. There's just so much danger present every day right now. Mm. Like, as soon as I got back, one of the things that I was like, I'm definitely gonna go do this on Tuesday is go get a COVID test, Yeah, obviously, because I had just been traveling. And traveling very carefully, mind you. But still, I'm going to go get a COVID test. (laughs) And I had another logistical issue to think about, which was I had to go downtown to do this because that's where my doctor is, Mm -hmm. where I can get tested for free. And I could probably do it at a different place closer to where I live in Echo Park as well. But I just didn't know like what the Rigmarole was for doing that, and I know how it works at this other place. So I was like, let me just go to the other place. I had a suspicion that I probably shouldn't be downtown after dark because I just didn't know what was going to happen on Tuesday night. And there's been plenty of activity in DTLA before. Yeah. And I was trying to time it between like my meetings and the time that like the lab is open at the doctor's office and like sunset and it had just been daylight savings. So now it like gets dark super early and, I was like, okay, I can like get away, like just at, you know, it was like three o'clock or something like that. And it's just kind of starting to get a little bit dim and I get downtown. I ended up like having to like drive around in circles to find parking like you do in LA Mm -hmm. and everything was completely boarded up Mm -hmm. the whole situation. Like it looked like it was ready for war, ready for like the zombie apocalypse and like There was no glass in sight. Every single building was just like floor to ceiling plywood. This is really serious. Like, what is this world that we're living in? And (laughs) to the point that I was like, I don't think I want to be down here right now. Like, I'm going to go in and get this done and get the F out of Dodge, like, ASAP. And I was like, I don't even think I'm going to, like, park in the parkade. Like, I don't want to, like, get stuck in there. I don't know what's about to happen here. But I think I'll just, like, try to find myself some street parking and, like, get out of here super fast, which is exactly what I did. It was terrifying to be down there. Like, what is this world that we live in? I had the same thought. I think if it were my moment this week,
0: that would have been my moment. A WhatsApp group of friends that I'm in basically sent me this like chain forward from like the larger like Brooklyn homie community. Mm-hmm. And it was like a four part infographic on how to keep safe during the election. Whoa. And I remember sitting in my seat on the plane in tears. Like I cried silent, strong tears because I could not understand how we got to the point where we're at a place again where exercising your basic right to vote is under violent threat by the government. Like, I was like, am I in 1961? Like, what exactly is happening here? Yeah. I've been pretty sad about that since then. We are so fractured, and we are so partisan, and we are so polarized that, like— This is a plausible outcome of an American election.
1: Mm -hmm. And we were both prepared for that. I mean, like we were talking about it last week, but especially after living through a hurricane, I showed up (laughs) to having a bunch of stuff delivered. Like I had like water. (laughs) Girls, (laughs) me too. I was like, let me finally get that earthquake like bug out bag sorted because I never did that. But let's also just have this hearing case this election thing becomes like real and I just can't leave for a few days or like Lord knows what's going to happen. And um, just so much danger at every turn and so present and so in our lives right now. And there's an element of, like, how far is this going to go?
0: Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching a movie happen in slow motion and, like, don't have a way of stopping the crash landing or the, like, whatever, even though I can see it coming. Like, sometimes I, I definitely feel like that. But I didn't want to sort of keep pushing on the episode without holding space for Oscar. It's crazy to me that we're even at a place where, like, COVID case numbers feel like numbers. I think it's important to, like, say people's names and to, like, acknowledge that they had a life full of ambitions and dreams and accomplishments and, quite frankly, just a journey that should have still been here. Yeah, well said. I'm just, like, sitting with the fact that this is, like, some young person who the media says is, like, you know, going to be okay. And, like, that's a whole other episode. But I'm really sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah, I really, I was really sorry to hear it, too.
0: I hope there's a way out of this soon. I mean, you saying that kind of brought me to our record scratch moment of the day.
1: Which is all the people that seem to think that this is okay right now. Yep. Thank God that this election seems to be going Mm. (laughs) the way it needs to go. Seems to be. But, like, democracy is just, like, only holding on by the skin of its teeth right now. There's a whole lot of people that voted for someone who's, like, okay with what's going on right now. I
0: read somewhere there are a significant amount of people in this country that would rather be seated first and given nothing, then be seated last behind others and get something. And I thought that was a really interesting way to talk about the moment we're in and why anybody in their damn mind would think that this is the direction we should be still going in.
1: It's very kind of like American sentiment. Americans really don't like waiting in line. Mm Mm-mm. We want to be first. We want
0: to be before other people. We want to have privilege. Americans like their privilege.
1: I, I've always found it quite fascinating to watch Americans get frustrated whenever they have to stand in line because, as somebody who's half British, you mm-hmm. know, British people, it's like part of a national pleasure and sport to queue. It's like a thing they enjoy doing. I mean, you guys have a fancier word than us. Like, queuing sounds <laughs> way better.
0: Like, I'm just going to hop in the queue, sounds way better than I'm going to wait in line.
1: Like, those are, like, different vibes altogether for the yeah. same thing. But, Amer- like, that's why Americans, I think, I, I kind of think that that's one of the reasons they're afraid of public health care is because they think they're going to have to wait in line to see the doctor and nobody wants to wait in line. It's like what you say, they'd rather have, like, nothing at the front than, like, something at the back. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot of other countries where they understand that something at the back of the line or the queue is actually pretty damn good. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and everybody gets their chance. <laughs> and also, P.S. I've never had to wait to go to the doctor in Canada. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> well, it's what they
0: sell us as wrong. Like in my brain, if you're like in Canada or Germany or in the UK, you're like waiting month half the year to get an appointment, and then when you get there, like that is the vision that's sold to us to keep us anti-socialism.
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But people believe this stuff.
0: Well, I mean, I think one thing that I'm happy and sad about at the same time was that as much as we wanted to blame Trump's election on Russian interference, he was drawing American support that already existed for these things. Mm -hmm. And he just made himself their leader.
1: Yeah, I think a lot right now about what happens afterwards. Like, of course, America, at the moment that we record this, is hanging in this state of like, are we allowed to celebrate yet? It seems pretty clear that Joe Biden's going to be the president-elect, but like, there's still a little bit more ways to go. And once we get past this moment, what happens after that? Like, it seems like there was a large number of people that are okay with what's going on right now. Right, America's more divided than ever before. There's a couple of months at least of like no country management that will probably be happening. It's all of these other things that I've like, that's where my mind has got, has spent a lot of time this week.
0: Yeah. And I think it's fair. I mean, just because Donald Trump loses the election, I also think people need to get clear that like he hasn't lost the battle in his mind.
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) he definitely, (laughs) definitely hasn't. The New York Times had a really interesting interjection on that this morning when I was listening, which I hadn't thought of before. They were breaking down him speaking a lot of lies and falsehoods about fake votes and stuff, which is really shocking to hear a president try to undermine and dismantle the system that this country is founded on, like, while the system may not be perfect, it is a system, and it I think most Americans up until now have respected it, and it's pretty scary to consider that there may be a bunch of people that are waking up tomorrow that are not going to respect it anymore, yeah. and like, what does that mean for the country, is kind of a terrifying thought. But as they were going through this uh, scenario, they mentioned most politicians learn how to lose and that like nobody likes to lose losing sucks right We all know that nobody likes this but you learn and it sucks the first few times you like lose some sort of like mayor race or like a lesser election right or you lose your race as senator. This is somebody who's never had to lose before mm. like he didn't do this before this. he just you know all of a sudden became president. And so this is like the first time he's losing as well. Yeah,
0: and across many
1: states. And I think when they like put it in that perspective for me, I was like, oh right. Yeah. This is maybe why he doesn't know how to lose. Yep. That's exactly why. Like, <laughs> Never actually done this before. <laughs>
0: caught on a different day, it wouldn't have happened.
1: There are gonna be a lot of record scratchy moments in our future, but I think we should flip to culture because there were some really beautiful culture moments this week. Let's chat about them. I know you had a few. I there was just some really cool. Pe- moments of people really bringing the culture in this whole election situation. I loved this article about Navajo people riding horses to the polls. Mm-hmm. And also they were led by a woman who was doing this, oh, wow. who just seems super badass because the situation with the mail-in ballots and like the polling is not as good yeah. in, in Navajo country. And that is a group of people that were also particularly hit hard by the coronavirus. And she was super determined to make sure that these people got their ballots in. And so she led like a few different cohorts of horses wow. to the ballots wow. to like make sure that people could vote. And there's just these gorgeous pictures of like kids on horses. I'm like, I'm oh, like wow. afraid of a horse. It's like a whole really big animal that I wouldn't want to be on top of. So <laughs> I was super impressed. <laughs> That's hilarious. And also like people like, Like Stacey Abrams seeing the opportunity in Georgia and really going for it. And I think the sheer number of people across the country that have just worked tirelessly to actually make this potential Biden president a thing. In spite of all of it, in spite of the way that they've been treated, in spite of the way that their communities and cities have been impacted, they still just, like, did the work. And it's primarily a lot of women and a lot of people of color, Mm -hmm. and that is some serious culture right there. Yeah,
0: it is. You're right. I'm looking at the things we have set up, and I'm like, how do we even talk about the Navajo people riding a horse? (laughs) Or, like, I'm like, I don't even know how to round that up. We've also got the TikTok memes. (laughs) There is that.
1: I think we need some levity, too. Like, thank God for people that were bringing us things to laugh at this week.
0: Yeah. Kind of like Ariana Grande in her stake-up situation with the leather heels.
1: Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. What?
0: I'm thinking about buying them mostly so I can show you. Like, no, I'm not going to do anything with this. I just want to show you what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, people have done worse. I'm into that. But no, I mean, looking at what the Navajo did, looking at Georgia, like I'm super impressed with Georgia.
1: I'm so impressed. Their
0: ground game has been serious. And I think it'll be really dope if he carries Georgia Yeah, because he needs a definitive majority in the Senate. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let's talk more about culture. So I know you mentioned Navajo people riding their horses to the polls And for me, it was just about Stacey Abrams and, like, the ability to stay the course. That's what she did. Like, she lost an election. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: she was like, you know what? This, this, and this are the reasons. And the only way to change that is by changing this whole thing. And I feel like she did a really good job of that.
1: She did an amazing job of it. And I'm so glad that she's getting recognition for it. Yeah. Yeah, that part's dope. Like, on a pretty serious level— Yeah, not many people can lose something and then pick themselves up from a loss and use a lot of the momentum, actually. Because, like, still when you lose something like that, you've still done a lot of the groundwork and still use all of that momentum from the groundwork to turn it into something that she believed in and saw the opportunity and that can make, like, very significant change. And I think that's what we're... It's just a really, really damn cool thing to witness. It really
0: is. It level set to me, even in my own personal life and my work life, how important it is to align with vision. Because you don't know what's coming, but you know what you feel and what you think you can create. And I think those things should sort of govern us that way. I think the only other culture moment I have was like, If any of you guys tuning in are avid TikTok fans, the memes in TikTok right now are of epic proportions. They really are. Go down the rabbit hole of
1: TikTok and gif memes from election day and get your fill. I'm glad that we finally got you to the point where you are the one that's talking about TikTok on the pod, Sheree. Fair enough. But I'm still not doing a takeaway, so that's on you. (laughs) (laughs) I've only got one takeaway. And that's just a takeaway of gratitude. Like gratitude for being able to do the work that we do. Mm
0: -hmm. If you are
1: in a position where you're doing something that you love to be, or even just something that you enjoy, or maybe even something that you don't hate. Like there's a whole spectrum of stuff there. Right. And even finding the joy in the things that are maybe mundane and having gratitude for those things as well. Because just to be alive and to be able to do something is such a privilege. Like there's other people out there that are doing the same exact thing that you are doing and we just don't know who's here and who isn't yeah. in the blink of an eye. And so that's my takeaway is to have gratitude for gratitude for life. Wow. What a show. That's a wrap. You can listen to us on all the places that you listen to the podcasts. We will be back on schedule next week after this slight pause because we had to find out what was going on in this country first. I just want to tell you on air that I'm really proud of you.
0: Usually I'm Captain Vulnerable on the show. Not that you're not vulnerable, but I think I'm just really proud that you shared such a personal thing with our listeners. And I think it's a testament to who you are in your journey. And I hope those of you listening will find resonance in what we shared today at a time where sometimes we're asking WTF of our compatriots. So like Han said, we'll get back on schedule. We appreciate you listening. And I'd love to know like what you're thinking during this time. So hit us up. Bye.